You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Cap'n Wags. I give you A. C-L. And with that, welcome in to the ACL pod featuring the one and only Cap'n Wags. I am ACL. He is Wags. The website, TheRealMrACL.com. Twitter, Instagram, at TheRealMrACL, at Cap'n Wags. Packages are up. We are in full swing. All things happening right now. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Everything starting. College basketball starts in less than two weeks. Wags cannot wait for that, of course. NFL Week 8, college football Week 9. Crazy that November is just a few days away. Rumor is, Wags, that you will be dressing up as Manny Diaz for Halloween this year. Can you confirm those rumors? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be frightening everybody away. Actually, pretty good <laughs> costume for me. Many people uh, don't know what I look like, but you know, I think I could probably pull off a Manny Diaz costume pretty good. Um, one <laughs> year I did <laughs> one year, uh, for about what, uh, must be I'm trying to think 10 to 15 years ago, did a little Dave Wanstash costume. <laughs> um, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. one. Um, but yeah, no, uh, probably go whatever my, uh, three-year-old daughter wants me to go as. So that's, uh, Always that's pretty much. Yeah, pretty much how it works, unless my wife has something for me already, and I have no choice. So Then you have no choice. Exactly. An even better decision. Happy wife, happy <laughs> life, right? That's right. There we go. As I, as I like to say in my house, happy spouse, happy house. That way, I, at least I get some, some sort of recognition. But. That's right. That's right. Smart <laughs> man. All right, we're jumping in. College football playoff rankings show on ESPN. I believe this is Tuesday. Uh, November 2nd. It, it, honestly, the, the entire show, I hate it because it's like an hour or whatever they do now, two hours of just talking heads. Right. And then they sort of release the rankings. You, I mean, it's one of those that it's even better. Turn to it on with the last 15 minutes. It's it's honestly terrible. But yeah. we get the rankings. It's annoying. It's uh, everything I, we see every week. Yeah. It's yeah, the same yeah. shit. It, we, we've seen it leading up. They cover basically cover their ass about, you know, doing all these preseason rankings way too early. Yep. And uh, that's it. I have a sense of where they're going to come out as far as what I think they'll wind up doing. Your top four, have they changed in terms of just your personal power rankings? Have they changed over the past week? Or are you pretty much the same as you were before? No, I'm the same as I was before. I don't think it's going to align with what comes out. And, I, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm probably usually wrong every year until... Um, until I'm right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to me, Georgia unquestioned number one. I, I mean, that's definitely, you know, 100%. I'm not even going to say 99.9%. That is 100% going to be 100%. 100%. I'm, well, at this moment, right? I mean, I guess we right. have to wait until Saturday's game. They but could lose to Florida. Two yep. touchdown favorite against Florida. It, you know, world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. Um, I, I have a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about that game c- 
coming up, but a little bit of history I have, a nice little story um, that I found that I thought was pretty interesting. But um, look, they're the most complete team. They're you are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real Mr. ACL.com. But they've played Oklahoma tough for whatever reason. They come to play. It's their Super Bowl and credit to Kansas. They look great, but Oklahoma pulls it off. And I remember going back to the greatest football team ever. 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Had a scare as well against Boston College. Similar play. Ed Reed strips the ball out of his own player's hands and goes the other way as Boston College is going down the field to to score. So, you know, there are these type of scares that happen. And, you know, it's hard to win every game the way you're supposed to every time. And that brings me into Cincinnati. Last year, that's my number three team. Cincinnati three. They, last week, they beat Navy by seven. Yep. Yes, Navy. Not that great of a team. But they beat them. And, and it is what it is. They go on the road. They get, you know, all of these undefeated teams at this point in the season are getting played as, you know, the opponents are playing up as if it's their Super Bowl, their bowl game. And they give everything that they have. They draw up every play. I mean, similar to the Lions last week who, you know, kick an onside kick in the first uh, quarter right after they score. They, they break out all these trick plays. Everything is going to work against these teams. So, I mean, to me, look, you're undefeated. You've played everybody you're asked to play and beat them and beat them pretty good, except for last week, a seven-point win against on the road against Navy. Cincinnati de- deserves to be number three. And to me, Ohio State still in at four, Alabama a close fifth. And Ohio State, to me, going on the road, absolutely destroying Indiana in their last three games um, against all Big Ten schools who are not bottom of the barrel. They're, they're mediocre, middle-of-the-road yeah, teams. Power five, mediocre teams. Outscoring yeah. them 57-12 to 12 on average, 172-37 mm. to 37 in those three games. Um, look, o- Ohio State is clicking. Mo- one of the most potent offenses for sure. C.J. Stroud is doing a great job. 16-1 Heisman, baby. And he's got the, he's got the best receivers out there. So yes. um, to him, that's great. And Alabama's right there. Hey, guess what, Alabama? You lost. You lost. Yes, Ohio State lost too. But you can make the argument that, Ohio, to me, Ohio State's playing better ball. Alabama's right there, right on their heels, if not 4B. And, you know, to me, last week, they, they were only winning by seven at home against Tennessee. Yes. Oh, Tennessee's good this year. Okay. It's still Ab- Alabama. You want to be the top team. You better be beating Tennessee by more than seven points going into the fourth quarter. Yes, they turned it on. They, you know, I think they outscored uh, ten, Tennessee 20 They went up covering the number, I believe, yeah, too. Yeah, crazy. exactly. Yeah. So That'd be for that said, Bears. you know, you, you go back and look at the score. You're like, oh, it's 52-28 or, or 30, whatever it was. Yeah, it looked worse than it was. Um, but that's why I have Alabama 5. And guess what? They'll have their chance. They'll be able to play Georgia in the SEC championship. And, and however that pans out, so be it. But at this point, Alabama's 5. And then you have the likes of Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon, um, Michigan, Michigan State. We'll talk about that game this weekend. A huge mm-hmm. game for both teams. Um, so that'll actually propel maybe even one of those uh, forward, but, you know, likely cement them at least at six. Yeah, I mean, it's basically kind of a de facto, 
you know, quarterfinal game, if you will, right? Michigan, Michigan State. Yep. This Absolutely. week. So that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, there's a, a big three clearly Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. And I actually have Alabama and Ohio State neck and neck. In other words, if they were playing on a neutral field this weekend, playing one another, I would have that game very closely lined. So Alabama go, and who? Alabama and Ohio State. Okay. Yeah. And you have those, you have them two and three. Okay. I do. I do. I have Georgia clearly number one. I make them about minus two and a half, minus three versus Alabama on a neutral. And then I have Alabama, Ohio State pretty close. And then I have a, a decent size drop off there. I actually have Cincinnati four, Oklahoma five, uh, Michigan six right now. So okay. that's where I'm at. And where these people will put these teams is not a power rankings. It's based on a whole lot of different factors, strength of schedule, blah, blah, blah. A lot of it is, as we talked about with Cincinnati, they can't put Cincinnati one or two because they're not going to be able to then drop them to five or six if they want to, if they're still undefeated. So I think they wind up Cincinnati putting them like three, probably four, maybe even five. I think they're probably going to, to land four. So then it's pretty easy for them, if they so choose, three or four weeks from now to drop Cincinnati out. Yeah, and, and I know people on the um, Orange Bowl committee down here, and you know they're hoping so badly because I think they get the 2-3 matchup, um, I think – and they're hoping so bad that Cincinnati loses or they or they fall out because, um, you know, they, they want to get a high-profile sure. game, of course. And, you know, Cincinnati just isn't that. But on the contrary, in my opinion, and my comment to them was, if Cincinnati gets in, they're all going to travel. Everybody's going to come from Cincinnati. Super all the Bowl fans, of a lifetime. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll never have this again. They'll come down. I believe Iowa was in the Orange Bowl a couple of times. And mm-hmm. all of, you know, you look at South Beach and even Fort Lauderdale, which is not too far away. The whole beaches are packed with Iowa fans. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool for them, right? Because, you know, you're landlocked state. You get to go down to South Florida in the winter. It's, you know, 80 degrees, sunny and, and, and all that. So I think you'll see the same thing um, like Cincinnati. But again, yeah, for sure. You're not going to get, um, you know, to build the hype if it was, let's say, Ohio State and Alabama or Oklahoma and Alabama, or Oklahoma, Ohio State or something like that. So um, for sure. But yeah, no, I mean, look, to me, same thing. These college football playoff rankings are, are a big media hype. Um, it's something to do, to do. It's something the talking heads can start arguing about early. But again, there's no need for it right now. It's too early. Um, there's still a ton of games. You look at Oklahoma's schedule over the next four games, they play three ranked teams. Yeah. They, they can certainly fall out. Um, do I think so? No, but you know, it's that anything's possible. And then all you West coasters, Oregon, they're not <coughs> getting in. Okay. Oregon's <laughs> not good. They have one loss and they bear. Yeah. They beat Ohio state. Kudos. Second game of the season. Caught Ohio State, State sleeping, still trying to figure out who they were. Um, but Oregon, you're, you're, you're beating teams that you should beat by 30 by 7. At Utah, November 20th. I yeah. think that's the game where you don't have to worry about Oregon. People get, you know, wanting to get in. Yeah. Night game at Utah. Yeah, good luck. Could, could be tough, though. Yeah, no Just doubt. Just saying. No, they, they, they have a very tough schedule. And you mentioned Oklahoma. I mean... Just a gauntlet at Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and then they still have to win the Big 12. At Oklahoma State, last game of the season. So, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. For sure, for sure. Heisman Trophy wags, numbers certainly changing week by week. Obviously, Kenny Pickett has now made his way into the top three or four. He's now plus 600. Uh, Bryce Young, the favorite, plus 160. C.J. Stroud, a guy I took, again, talked about on this podcast, 16-1 to a few weeks ago. He's now down to plus 350, the second favorite. I I make him a – significant favorite to win the Heisman at this point. Who's that? C.J. Stroud. Just significant of, favorite. I'm sorry? 
significant significant favorite you're saying yeah i don't understand the bryce young love uh as a plus 160 favorite i mean to me those numbers should be flipped look bryce young right now is quote a significant favorite if he's plus 160 and the next closest guy is plus 350 i would actually have those flipped yeah so i took a hard look a very hard look into the numbers right so into what these guys numbers are um just statistically speaking and um i thought the same thing um i actually wrote out a whole thing about how i like cj stroud better than bryce young um but to me in my mind actually now seeing everything i have the i like matt corral okay um you've been saying that for for weeks now you like for weeks yeah i like corral first off I mean, I know this shouldn't really play into it, but he's a senior. These other two are freshmen. Um, let's look, take a closer look. So Bryce Young, so far, 187 for 100 for 267, 70% completion completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. Okay, 70% completion, 26 and three. Stroud, 68% completions, 22 and three. So Bryce Young, a couple percentage uh, completion percentage better. Four more touchdowns than Stroud. Um, on average, Bryce Young is 23 of 33, three touchdowns. CJ Stroud, 18 of 26, three touchdowns. So they're, they're pretty much neck and neck statistically. They, they, neither one of them run. I think they average about a one yard per carry per rush, um, which is interesting because, uh, you know, not, not crazy to think, but I guess their offensive lines are so good that they don't have to, like, start pulling the ball down and running. Um, but I think uh, Stroud has only carried the ball 17 times for 18 mm-hmm. yards. Right. And Bryce Young has carried the ball f- uh, 38 times for 40 yards. So they, neither one of them a runner. Matt Corral, 140 for 207, not throwing the ball as much. Um, 67.5% completion percentage. So right there with the top guys. 15 touchdowns, one interception. Um, so not as many touchdown passes, but on the flip side, rushed 100 times for 475 yards and nine touchdowns. So that puts his touchdown numbers even or as good as Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Um, But he's kind of this more complete package where he can run, he can pass. What's interesting to me from last year, Matt Corral threw 14 interceptions. He only has one this year, protecting the ball much better. Um, Also, I'd like to take into account who does C.J. Stroud have and who does Bryce Young have compared to Matt Corral? C.J. Stroud, the best wide receivers in the country. Voters don't care about that. Right. That's the way I'm it. just saying, but this is how my brain Sure, is. sure, sure. Um, and, and that's kind of why I, I kind of like Corral a little bit. Um, but all three numbers are fairly, fairly similar. So mm-hmm. um, I can see, first off, all three should be invited to New York. Um, just for shits, even though we know how ACL feels about Kenny Pickett, <laughs> Pitt quarterback. Uh, what, what he's doing is pretty impressive. Yeah, 100, yeah. 168 for 244, uh, which is 69% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, one interception. He also can run the ball. He has 55 carries for 200 yards and three touchdowns. So, um, you know, he's not like Corral running the ball, but um, he does pull it down when he needs to. Uh, he has his team, Pitt, who – was supposed to have somewhat of a down year at six and one. You know who and, who, who Pitt plays this weekend? I'm, I, I mean, uh, yeah. I've 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 heard of the team before. The top you defensive a, mind, uh, Manny, in the country, Manny Diaz, the yeah. 2001 Ravens of college football. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Kenny might have some more numbers this weekend. So that six to one might drop. Amazing. Amazing. But you know what? I did notice, oddly enough, that the um, that total dropped. Total did drop. And that's, uh, that's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Uh, Canes were getting 10. Now they're getting, what, nine and a half? Yeah. So whatever. We'll see. But, yeah, no, the, the numbers are interesting. I still like Corral. I think he's a – you know, he's just a complete package. He's more he's the most exciting player, in my opinion. Um, but the two freshmen are, are outstanding and Stroud and Young. And, and look, I like the look you out of these three. You can really make a case for any of them. So if you want to take value, take the one that you can get the best odds on. I will also say this preseason perception could matter a lot here for Corral and Pickett because. I believe the old Miss season one total was seven and a half. Pitt was a little bit lower than that. So when you're talking about old Miss, they hit, they play Auburn this weekend. They're currently plus three in that game. If they win that game, then they have four more games left against Liberty, AM, Vandy, and Mississippi State. If they can run the table and that team goes eleven and one, that's a situation where people are not only going to look at Corral's stats and what he's done, but oh my gosh, he took this team that was supposed to be seven and five and they're now eleven and one. And I think that'll factor in. Whereas okay. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I think their season win total was both um, 11 and a half for those teams. So if they go 11 and one, whatever, it's sort of like, eh, that was expected, right? So right. that could be the tiebreaker. Whereas if Matt Corral's team loses three of the last four, which is also very possible, I think that really could potentially knock him out. I think he's going to have to have that 11 and one and 10 and two type season to, to really um, get in there with uh, Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud. But look, it's possible. They're only plus three this weekend at Auburn, and then they have – Three very winnable games. The AM game will be tough, but 11 and 1 is not out of the question for Old Miss this year. Right. And not many voters take it as seriously as I do as far as looking at the numbers, looking at the they should. situations and things like that. But Matt Corral runs, what, that team runs like twice or three times as many plays as, right. as the other two. So, I mean, they're, they're snapping the ball at like 25 seconds on the play clock. It's crazy. So, um, lane, just something. Yeah. Lane, lane running that. No, no huddle, but or no, that hurry up. Uh, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be interesting. Moving over to the National Football League. Obviously, we have to start the Kansas City Chiefs. Wags. This team. <laughs> I, I I was about to say Jekyll and Hyde because you know the week before they crossed Washington, but there was a lot of kind of smoke and mirrors in that game. Their defense has been a liability all season long they give up 27 uh last week they gave up 38 the week before 30 the week before and 30 and 36 in the two previous weeks an extremely interesting handicap this week in their home monday night football standalone game against the new york giants the look ahead line was kansas city minus 12 the line reopens kansas city minus 10 i'm now seeing it minus nine and a half in a few shops obviously if you're on the kansas city side you're saying to yourself it's a it's their must-win game, standalone game, prime time Monday night. Giants offense struggles. Might be time for the Kansas City defense to get right right a little bit. On the other hand, if you're taking the Giants getting ten points, you're saying this Chiefs team couldn't shouldn't be laying ten points to a high school team at this point. Why are they, you know, giving me ten points? So a really interesting game there. What is going on with the Chiefs? Obviously, some locker room stuff going on as well, potentially there that that we've been hearing about there. But for me, that's the biggest storyline going into Week Eight here: the Kansas City Chiefs. And is this team even going to make the playoffs at this point? It's very, very much up in the air. 
Yeah, what happened here? I mean, it, truly incredible. And you, there's one – you could take a hard look at their defense and, and, you know, if you even want to call it that, it's a sieve. I mean, in hockey, that's a term for a goalie that lets up every goal, right? The, you're, you're like Swiss cheese. And that's what this – Chiefs defense is. I mean, they, they, they can't stop anything right now. Um, and on the flip side, you look at their offense last week, going up against the Tennessee defense, they should have been licking their chops. They put up three points against them. Um, embarrassing. That's what it was. It was embarrassing to be a, to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, at this point, they're going to be lucky to even get into the playoffs. I'm not really sure what's going on here, um, but they need to take a hard look in the mirror. Uh, you have a Monday night football game against a weaker team in the New York Giants. At home, I mean, this should be a game where they should walk all over the Giants. However, like you said, open 12 and now it's under 10 in some shops. It's a telltale sign of where the public is viewing the Chiefs right now. Mm -hmm. And it's not good. Um, Giants coming off a big win. I think, uh, you know, I was on the Giants last week, plus three uh, against Carolina. They were at home. I think most of the public was on Carolina because the Giants are kind of a pathetic team and sure enough the Giants come out and and now are almost viewed favorably you know they're, they're in, in in some sort of sense um you know certainly New York fans thinking they're going to the Super Bowl um which is just that or should I call them New Jersey fans not even sure um <laughs> but yeah no the the Chiefs really need to take a hard look right now and and their next four games are going to tell a lot of, about yep. this team because after the Giants they have Green Bay at Vegas big divisional rivalry and then Dallas at home and those three games, you know, arguably before the season started, we're going, you know, certainly going to win two out of those three, you know. Um, and, and now they could lose all three. Yep, it certainly gets no easier. But that's what happens, right? The top teams get usually more difficult schedules the next year. And certainly the Chiefs have fallen into that category there. For me, one of the big storylines as well is the Tennessee Titans and the Colts, that entire division really. The Colts, specifically a team – you know, Carson Wentz, you had the foot injury. You had massive O-line injuries coming into the year with uh, with Nelson. You had some other guys. Darius Leonard's been banged up all year. We start, we saw them really get off to that really slow start. But as they've gotten healthier and healthier as the last few weeks have gone on, I mean, this is a team that's won three of the last four games, beating Miami, Houston, and San Francisco. They lost a very close one to Baltimore on Monday night. I would actually argue they probably should have won that game. Um, but this was a team preseason, and by preseason, I'm talking more like July before a lot of those injuries that some people were saying if Wentz can be a little bit of what he was in Philly a few years ago, this is a Super Bowl contending team. And they have a huge, huge, huge game this weekend at home. They get the Titans uh, divisional matchup, divisional revenge game for them already. This is the game where if the Colts can win this game, that would be four out of five. Their, their schedule softens up a little bit going forward here. That would put them at 4-4. Four and four. Um, Obviously, only still a game behind the Titans there. But this is a team I'm really interested in watching going forward here the, in the second half of the year, that if they can stay healthy, which, which is a big if, we are starting to see a little bit of the Carson Wentz from a few years ago. Not fully, not the whole MVP, but a little bit. The decision-making is better. He's able to move around the pocket when, since he's been healthy. But... I'm just saying, watch out for this Colts team. We'll see what happens this week against a very, very, very tough Titans team. But I'm really curious to see how this Colts team responds going forward here. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, I like the reunion of Wentz and Reich. I think um, having Jonathan Taylor 
there to, to, to be able to hand the ball off in, in crucial plays and, and to open up the game a little bit for Wentz definitely helps him. Um, yeah, and this is a great game. Both teams are trending in the right direction. Titans absolutely coming off two very impressive wins. Um, kind of, you know, big wins. Now they come to Indy, uh, divisional game. Indy coming off a win in San Fran. Um, coming back home, big divisional game. And, and to me, you know, what do we, what do we have? Uh, Colts minus one and a half at yeah, home? Yeah, it was around Pickham. Minus one and a half. This is one that's kind of been bouncing around that one number. And what we've been seeing is whatever team is getting the point has been getting teased, teased up yep. through the seven. So it certainly could. We could see more of that as the week goes on. But as I'm taping now, it's Colts minus one. Yeah. No, I mean, look, um, it's it, that's an interesting line to me. And I'm going to be taking a hard look at this game. Um, but, you know, there's early implications of, of who's going to win this division. And I think, sure. um, you know, home team here interesting with the Colts and, and coming back I mean uh, I can see the stadium getting pretty loud so um, well, let, let's uh, let's keep an eye on that one um, you know and maybe jump over to the uh, AFC North talk a little bit about those Bengals are the Bengals for real I don't know you tell me what do you think I think the short answer is yes I think their defense is is much better than everyone anticipated coming into the year I think Zach Taylor, if he can just get out of the way and let Burrow and Chase do their thing, I'm not saying that I'm I'm taking them to win the division by any stretch, but I like what I'm seeing out of them. Burrow's going to be for real. It's one of the more interesting handicaps of the year, actually, this weekend. And you're saying, well, what are you talking about? They're playing the Jets. It's their third straight road game for the Bengals. They just came off a highly emotional, they sort of beat Big Brother in the division, the Ravens. And now they go on the road again to the Jets. The look ahead was minus three and a half for the Bengals. Currently, it's minus ten and a half. So there's been a ten point, a seven point adjustment for two reasons. One, because they just beat the Ravens, so they look good. But two, obviously the Zach Wilson to Mike White thing. But you would argue, I would argue, Zach Wilson stinks. What's I'm, you know, Mike White probably not good, but there's probably not that much of an adjustment from Wilson to Mike White. So maybe a point two, maybe two and a half, maybe. So call it two. So you're saying, was there a five-point adjustment just because the Bengals beat the Ravens? Probably not. So is this line inflated? Probably yes. Do you want to run to the window and take the New York Jets is the question. Can you stomach that? The answer is most people probably will not. So an extremely interesting handicap there, uh, Bengals-Jets. Yeah, no, look, the Bengals looked impressive. Even three weeks ago, they lost to Green Bay. Um, But, you know, they lost in, in pretty good fashion, right? They only lost by a field goal. Yes, it was at home against a good team. Um, but then they go on the road against Detroit at Detroit where a lot of the public was backing Detroit. Detroit was almost, they were like so close to winning a game, so close to winning a game. And Cincinnati goes into Detroit, beats the doors off them 34 to 11, and then comes back and goes on the road again to Baltimore and crushes the Ravens 41, 17. Um, so, you know, look, Cincinnati's hot right now, but third, third road game in a road in a row. Um, in New York and against, you know, a Jets team that, yeah, you, you'll say, look, they just lost their quarterback. They got this guy, Michael White. Who is he? Um, but they also have a look-ahead game that Bengals do in the Browns. So kind of this, this sandwich game. Yeah. But, again, it's almost like in the betting world, yeah, all those things are going against Cincinnati. 
but they're playing the Jets. I mean, they're playing the Jets with a new quarterback who stinks, right? I mean, the guy just we hasn't seen, you know, we haven't, nobody knows about him. Nobody's seen anything. Nobody wants to bet on him. Right. So you might as well I mean, raise the line as high as and, you can. And, and what happened last week to the Jets? They got murdered. Yep. You know, it's kind of this whole Bill Belichick thing, I think. Any, anytime he plays the Jets, he loves to just rub, rub their nose into in it. You know, he, he came from there. He came from that organization. Um, you know, I think that he has a little bit of a bitter taste in his mouth. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he was up for the head coaching job there at, at, at one point. Um, and he got, you know, they, they basically said There's no. There's a 30 for 30 about right? that. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so, the whole thing um, about it. so there you go. You guys know who watched those 30 for 30s. Um, clearly, I didn't see that one. Um, but... <laughs> Must have heard about it, and uh, here we are. So, um, you know, it's an interesting game for sure. It's a handicappers type of a game. I, I'll say that. Um, and we'll just have to dig in a little bit more and uh, figure out what, what what's going on there. All right, before we move on to fishy lines of the week, one name answer. If you have a vote, your NFL MVP so far is, who are you voting for? Ooh, it's tough. I have two names, and they're probably both at the top of the list. But I'm because I know the future schedules of each. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Josh Allen, and I saw a line out there for at six to one. Um, so I would take Josh Allen at six to one. Okay, Josh Allen, it is. He's my vote as well. Oh, Kyler nice. Murray, one A, my, one yeah, B. That, right, right. Though, I mean. Can't make any. Yeah, argue, I mean, well, yeah. you can make arguments for other players. I mean, Dak Prescott and you know Tom Brady. I mean, these guys are are, are right there as well. But yeah, to me, Josh Allen. I mean, the the team, possibly the best team in the league, even though two losses. Um, and Kyler Murray, man, just awesome. keeps winning. Just keeps winning. But you know, I think they have a a tougher back. I think this JJ Watt thing is going to be more difficult for them than people probably anticipate. Um, but I also like, and I'll say it out here. Um, I'm not sure if we're talking about it at all, uh, but I'm just going to say it now. Uh, coach of the year. I like uh, Kingsbury. Um, I mean, obviously obvious choice, but you can get them right now on DraftKings at seven to seven and a half to one plus seven fifty. Nothing wrong with a plus seven fifty um, winner. You go on bet online right now. Plus three twenty five. Yeah. Always shop so, around for that kind of stuff, guys. Those secondary award markets, the odds are all over the place. Yeah, but um, yeah, Look, yeah. I mean, I mean if they're sixteen and one, fifteen and two, it's going to just sort of be by default. They're this was supposed time. to be an eight, eight and nine team. They were projected I mean, to finish in fourth. Right. So eight and nine team, and now they're, yeah. they're only undefeated. Yeah, don't hate it. Uh, um, all right, fishy time of the week time, fishy line of the week time. Uh, Wags and I isolate a game, maybe two, where you look at the line, it stinks. Does it make sense? Are you missing something? You do a double take. Something's wrong. Maybe someone's injured that you didn't hear about. But in any event, the line simply stinks. Wags, your fishy line of the week is. So first I want to say last week I said Iowa State was fishy. And I said I would take them in some manner. And what did I do? Took them in a money line parlay. We both did. Um, They ended up winning, not covering. So um, that ended up working out. Today, I'm actually going to give two, um, which is a rare thing. But one is kind of this game that's that's out there. Not too many people probably even look at it. So that's why I don't want to stick this one on you. Um, but 6-1 UTEP, University of Texas, El Paso. 6-1 is coming to South Florida to play 4-3 FAU. 
Um, now, FAU is actually quarterbacked by former Miami Hurricane Nikosi Perry. And uh, UTEP, you know, you could say coming west to east, you know, slightly. It's only an hour change. But this is a 6 o'clock start, so not an issue. My issue here is that how is the 6-1 and one UTEP team playing FAU getting 10.5 to 11 points? That is very high. It I was mean, at 12. most. It was bet yeah, down was that, a little bit. It was, it was 12. as high as 12, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was that high as 12. It's getting bet down, right? Because that, that's a, a high number, and it, it's a very big number. Um, so I'm going to take a hard look at FAU here, laying the points, um, because that smells smells fishy, and uh, I don't want any part of UTEP. That said, that was my first game. Second game, I want to give you a little bit more of a quote-unquote bigger game, meaning teams that you know more about. And I'm going to go to Mississippi, where unranked 4-3 and three Mississippi State hosts six and one 12th ranked Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky 12th ranked team in the nation only lost to number one, Georgia, and they played them pretty well covered, barely. covered, barely, yeah. barely covered in the yeah. last second. Uh, literally, literally. Um, but that said, <laughs> they're coming off a bye after losing to Georgia, you know, probably hyped up, like, let's get back at it. Let's go in. And they are only laying one point against a Mississippi State team who loses to Bama two weeks ago by 40. Okay, yeah, it's Alabama. And then they beat up on a weak Vanderbilt team. Uh, I'm just shocked that Kentucky's only laying one. I can see this being four and a half, five, even six points. Um, And to me, I'm going to be really taking a hard look at Mississippi State plus one. Okay. My fishy line of the week is then the Big Ten. Rutgers... Three and four Rutgers is at three and five Illinois. It's a noon start in Illinois. The Rutgers football team has lost four games in a row. They don't exactly have the best history of football success here over at uh, at Rutgers. They're currently minus one and a half. At minus Illinois. one and a half. Minus one and a half. Rutgers is favored at Illinois. And you say, Illinois, yes, the Illinois team that people have been talking about all week because they played nine overtimes, and they just beat Penn State on the road as 24-point dogs. A game I was on at plus 24, but they won the game outright. So you have a team in Illinois that just won this big national game. Everybody's talking about them because of the nine overtimes, so everybody knows that they just beat mighty Penn State on the road. Now they go back for a noon, kind of a sleepy noon start versus a Rutgers team that's three and four. Rutgers is off the bye here, which I think matters for a team like them. They've lost, again, four in a row after winning their first three. And now they're favored out of Illinois. The line stinks. The line's probably telling you something. Not sure yet if I'm going to be on this game or not. I have to dig in a little bit more. But uh, definitely take a look at that line because you look at the line, it doesn't make any sense. Just from a, again, if the public is looking at this number, they're saying, well, what's going on? Why am I getting a point, point and a half with Illinois here? So Exactly. And they got a, a better – I like the coach of Rutgers. Sure. Greg Schiano, great coach. Um, like the coach, pretty much any coach had a Brett Bielema. Yeah. Although he did cover and win outright for me last week. So Yes, yes, he did. Thanks, great. Brett. Good job. Uh, all right, 60-second speed round time. I ask Wags four questions. Gives You know, you can give one, one word answers, shorter answers, whatever. Give as many questions in in 60, 60 seconds as possible. He does the same for me. Wags, I have my four questions, four or five questions ready for you here. Are you ready for your speed round? Yes, yes, I am. All right. The clock begins now. Who wins the Big 12 this year? Oklahoma. Um, 
in my opinion, look, they have probably the toughest remaining schedule of all the Big 12 teams that are, are in the hunt. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor, um, and they play all of those teams. And I, I think uh, Oklahoma is going, you know, they come off this Kansas game with a win. They have Texas Tech, and then they get their mindset right. Uh, assuming they beat, you know, uh, Texas Tech, I mean, I, I, look, they have two of these three games on the road. It's going to be a tough Tough thing. Even if they lose one of them, they get into the, uh, in my opinion, the Big 12 championship and um, end up winning it. So I, I like Oklahoma. We talked about this a little bit, but if Georgia loses on Saturday, and hopefully you guys are all listening to this, of course, before this game and not you know Sunday or Monday, but we're taping here on Thursday. So if 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 Georgia loses to Florida on Saturday, who should not will who should be ranked number one? On the, at the playoff selection show on Tuesday. Well, I guess it all depends on what every other team wins. Sure. Does. Well, let's just but say assuming, chalk holds. Assuming everybody wins, Oklahoma win, beats Texas Tech by 20, and, and Cincinnati beats, what, Tulane or Tulane. Tulsa by, you know, 40 or whatever. 24 and a half. I'm taking Oklahoma as okay. number one. Um, un, only undefeated team. And, look, just because of their pedigree, the fact that they're in the Big 12 – Cincinnati, you know, they have the better strength of schedule over somebody like Cincinnati. And, um, yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma. I don't think a one-loss team gets there. Will the Kansas City Chiefs make the playoffs this year, yes or no? No. I'm done with them. I'm done. Until they figure out how to play defense, they're not going. They got a, a, a tough schedule after the Giants game this week. They got to play the Packers and the Cowboys and go to the Raiders. Um, so, no, I'm going to say no. Uh, my answer can change in an hour let that be known. Um, this is not something that I'm telling you to go bet that they won't make the playoffs, uh, but they need to figure out who they are. They need to get some sort of identity on defense. Otherwise they're doomed. Final question. Will Caleb Williams make the Heisman final in New York this year? No, he's not going to New York city. He, uh, and he's not going to win too little, too late. He's not winning it. Um, you know, I think the, the two freshmen we talked about in Stroud and young, along with Corral and Pickett, assuming, Pickett can, and Corral can, can continue their uh, success and, and winning. Uh, those will be the final four. All right. You're off the hot seat. Whew. And it's possible only three make it. So anyway. All right. ACL, are you ready? I am ready. Will the Colts make the playoffs? It's a good question. I'm going to say yes. That's the seventh wild card. How's that? I like it. Or could they win the division? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> who wins the AFC North. Tight race there. Tight race there, Baltimore Ravens. Barely. Barely. Not a runaway. It's going to come down to week 18. All right. Question B off of that. Who finishes second? Cleveland Browns. All right. All right. With Baker back. If he's still unhealthy, then no. But if Baker's back and normal to Cleveland. Fair enough. Uh, Who is the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Imagine answering this question and saying anybody but Patrick Mahomes, but that's where we're at, sadly, leading the league in interceptions. The answer is Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay. Will Wake Forest, SMU, San Diego State, or UTSA finish the season undefeated? That's a great question. Where do you come up with these questions, Max? All right. Uh, Give me the four teams again. Wake Forest, SMU, San Diego State, or UTSA, you said, right? Yes. Okay. That's right. The answer is yes. The one of those four will. Okay. And the answer is UTSA. Without having it in front of me, 
Yeah. I know they just play a, UAB. A weaker schedule. Yeah, it's it's. I looked at it the other day, because I, I was sort of projecting out here, and um, UTSA is definitely has a real shot of going undefeated here. I think San Diego State has a really tough game this weekend against Fresno. I was about SM, to say one of those teams might lose this weekend. I mean, it's like a pick on plus one. Yeah. SMU has to play Cincinnati, I believe, and then Wake. Yep. I'll just say no for Wake. So, yeah, I'm going to say yes on UTSA. And then, hey, why not put UTSA in the Final Four? Man, Wake Forest putting up 70 against Army, huh? I know, man. Crazy. I was on Wake that game. That was nice. They literally – it's like they got the ball they scored. They got the ball they scored. At a certain point in the fourth, like halfway through the fourth, Army did an onside kick just because they knew that they had no chance to stop them. they had to. Exactly. I saw something crazy where Wake Forest, I think, scored 70 points and they only had the ball for like 15 minutes or something. Wow. I yeah. believe it. It was amazing. Yeah, I had a minus three, which is great. Um, all right. We are both off the hot seat. We're going to take a quick preview of two of the biggest games, one in college, one in the NFL. We'll start with college. Definitely Michigan versus Michigan State. Number six, Michigan heads to number eight, Michigan State. Michigan around a minus four-point road favorite. Total 50.5. Michigan coming into this game, Wags, off a 33-7 to win over Northwestern. Michigan State comes into this game, of course, off their bye, playing their last two games on the road with wins over Rutgers and Indiana. Uh, their three home wins this season, I will say, Michigan State are against Youngstown State, Nebraska, and Western Kentucky. Not exactly a murderer's row there. This game is going to go a long way, obviously, in helping to determine really just who wins the Big Ten East uh, and the conference overall. With the winner of this, almost certainly is going to be playing for the division crown when they play Ohio State later in the season. So a, a lot at stake here, including a potential potential spot in the college football top four on Tuesday, depending on how other things break. So uh, there was some early Michigan money taking this out to minus four and a half. Has been some buyback on Michigan State. We're sitting at plus four now. Should be a really, really fun, interesting game. Jim Harbaugh versus the top 10 team. Watch out. Yeah, no, that's exactly, man. Who would have thought these two teams would be undefeated at this point? Certainly not me. Um, but again, here we are. Michigan sitting as uh, what four, four and a half point road favorites. Yep. Uh, seems a little tick high for me. Um, but you know, I think that has to do with the fact that Michigan's a highly, very highly backed team. Um, one of those betting favorites out there. So um, you know, lots of graduates come out of Michigan. Uh, we know historically how Harbaugh's done um, in big games, right? Not, not so good. And last year, they were ranked 13th in the nation. And who'd they lose to? Michigan State. At home, 27-24. Mm-hmm. Um, I see this being a very similar game. Um, you know, fairly low scoring. And, um, you know, I see this being this game being decided in the fourth quarter. So, uh, Michigan owns the series 71-37 to with five ties. The last 13 years, Michigan State is 9-4. and Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So, um, yeah, no, and, and um, I know we're kind of going off script here, but I wanted to, to bring it around since we're in college, back in college a little yeah. bit. But, um, you know, the Florida-Georgia game, talked a little bit about that earlier, but I, I was just shocked that Georgia opened a two-touchdown favorite on this neutral site. Um, you know, I think it's one of the biggest rivalries in, in college football. Uh, what I found, this little story that I found, was that Georgia states that they lead the series 53 to 44 with two ties and Florida says they lead the series 52 to 44. <laughs> so where did this mysterious game come from? 1904. Oh boy. The first, first lesson. meeting, 
first meeting between Georgia and a school known as University of Florida, where Georgia won 52 nothing. But this school known as Flor- University of Florida used to be called the Florida Agricultural College, hmm. um, where they were located in Lake City. Um, so they, Florida basically denies that even being University of Florida, even though that's the same school that ended up being University of Florida. And I thought an interesting quote from a Georgia sports historian. So keep that in mind. That's where Florida was back then. We can't help it if they got run out of Lake City. <laughs> that's so good stuff. This before they were in Gainesville. That's actually it's on it's on on the uh, the Wikipedia site. I was I was doing some research, but um, might be part Florida, of the handicap. We'll see. Yeah, Florida rev- uh, revenge game for Georgia. Florida beat them last year, forty four twenty eight. So, hey, if Georgia's going to lose a game this year, you know it's going to be, in my opinion, in one of these rivalry games where they know each other good coaches on both ends and just they had a good day kind of a thing on paper georgia should beat them by around two touchdowns they have more talent especially at the quarterback position where florida's struggling we're still unclear as to who's going to be starting a quarterback there but if they are going to mess up lose a game it's going to be a game like this yeah i just wouldn't underestimate that revenge game that revenge angle last year i'm sure that uh georgia is talking about that all week so a lot of the same guys Still in that game. But, yeah, that game, always fun to watch. Uh, Cannot wait for that one. Headed over to the National Football League. Get some really good games this weekend. Top one, actually, we're taping this on Thursday, just in terms of record. Um, Packers at Cardinals Thursday night, both 6-1. and So, unfortunately, there's some injuries on both sides. But uh, in terms of Sunday, Bucks at Saints. 6-1 and Bucks, Wags, visit the 4-2 and Saints. Bucks currently minus 5.5, total of 50. The look-ahead line on this game prior to last weekend with Saints was Bucks minus four. So the Bucks look great against the Bears. The Saints offense struggled against the Seahawks on a national primetime on that football game. They barely won that game. They won by three, only put up, I believe, 13 points. And here we are, right? The line moved out point and a half, minus five and a half. Might even hit six soon. We shall see. The Saints, they do have back-to-back divisional home games here starting with this one. So the next two weeks will go a long way for them. In determining really if they have any shot of making noise in the NFC South here. The Bucks, they have a bye week next week after this one, and then they head on the road to play Washington. So a huge game here for the division. Bucks almost out to a full minus six. I think we are probably going to get there. There's been very little resistance so far on this number. It's been all Bucks money as of Thursday here. Yeah, I'm what I'm interested in in this game is the Tampa Bay offense who's ranked third in the league against the third-ranked New Orleans defense. Um, New Orleans is very stout against the run. Um, how are they against the pass? Very good also. Um, so that's what I want to see. I want to see how Brady does against this Saints defense, if he's able to kind of shred them as he has been all season. And, um, yeah, I think uh, the Bucks give up a lot of passing yards, um, but, at the, you know, I think they play more of a bend but don't break. So I think you'll see a lot of crossing routes, as, as we often see with Brady. Um, and, and we'll see how the man-to-man defense that New Orleans likes to play uh, matches up against these um, receivers in Tampa. Yeah, can't wait for this one. Brady versus Jameis should be, at a minimum, wow. very, 
very entertaining. Very high entertaining. total, 50. Yep. 50. Yeah. Um, thought that was points. a little high against uh, two pretty solid defenses. Tampa's pass defense healthier. hasn't been great, but they have to do play they do play against Jameis, so right. um, yeah, well, we shall see. Not the best receivers in New Orleans. That is a fact. Two $200 site credit Monday Night Football contest time. We had a winner two weeks ago, no winner last week. I'm about to ask three questions for the Monday Night game, Chiefs versus Giants. DM your answers to us on Twitter or Instagram, whichever you prefer. Whoever gets all three right and whoever gets them in first wins $200 in site credit to TheRealMrACL.com. You can DM your answers to myself or WAGS at TheRealMrACL or at CaptainWAGS. Here are the questions. Question one, Chiefs minus nine and a half versus the Giants. You're taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half for the Giants plus nine and a half. Question two, name the player who will score the first touchdown in the game. Question number three, total touchdown passes by Patrick Mahomes. Total touchdown passes by Patrick Mahomes. Be an interesting game for the Chiefs here. We talked about it a little earlier. Just the handicap is fascinating. Whether you like the Chiefs or the Giants, I think there are decent good points to be made on both sides there. So that's those are the three co- contest questions. Get them in, get them right, get them first. You win 200 bucks in site credit to the website. Good luck, everybody. Free play time, Wags. 2-0 last week for us. I had Ohio State minus 21. I believe they won 54-7 to against Indiana. And if memory serves, you had the under in that third Friday night game, the Washington-Arizona yes. game, right? Yeah, it ended. Uh, I put it out on the pod, 47. Um, later, later that night, it dropped to 46. I think Friday night, Friday, pretty much 46, 45 and a half. Ended 21, 16. So uh, no matter where you got it, if you did put it in, you're a winner. So we always love to see that. Um, but yeah, no, here we are. ACL, why don't you start with free play? All right, I'm looking to keep it going. As I mentioned last week, Ohio State was a winner, had some very nice DMs and comments from folks, so certainly do appreciate that. We are sticking in college football. Um, I'm going to the Pac-12, and I'm taking Stanford minus two versus Washington. Look, this is a Washington team that, in my personal power rankings, has continued to drop week after week after week, and they continue to have cluster injuries as well, not getting any better, certainly. Uh, it's not the best spot for them either. Uh, we just mentioned the Washington game from last week. They're on back-to-back road games here, barely beating the worst team in the Pac-12 last week, Arizona. Uh, on the other hand, I have a highly motivated Sanford team who continues to really outperform preseason expectations. Their season win total preseason was four. So for them to get to a bowl game would be a huge accomplishment for them, and they know that. Uh, they're coming in off a of bye. And they had a very close loss in their last game to Washington State. So they've had two full weeks to really sit and kind of stew about that loss, which I like, and backing a team at home here off the bye. So all things considered, I make this game north of a field goal. So getting Stanford below that at minus two presents value in my opinion. So the Stanford Cardinal, the David Shaw-led Stanford Cardinal, hopefully he won't be punting on fourth and two from the 30, but you never know. Uh, I'm I'm taking Stanford minus two. As this week's free play. Wags, you're up. Yeah, I'm going out west, which is starting to become a trend for me in uh, my free plays. But um, staying in college football, and uh, I'm going with Virginia. Virginia in a rare late, mid to late season um, out-of-conference game at BYU, ranked 25th in the, in the nation. They're both 6-2. and two. Um, But here we are, Bronco Mendenhall going back out, uh, out west. And, and I really think... 
um, you know, some sort of revenge angle, if you will. Um, but the fact is, University of Virginia can pass the ball. And guess what? BYU cannot stop it. All right. Virginia is uh, averaging 38 points a game, 16th in the nation in scoring. They average 405 yards in the air. 405. That's second in the nation. Um, and BYU, they give up a lot. They're 85th in the nation as far as defending the pass. So what I'm seeing here is I think Virginia's going to air it out. I think Virginia's got an angle. They're going to go out west. They're going to get, um, you know, maybe they get the win, but I'm going to take them plus three. Virginia plus the points. That is my free play. Bronco Mendenhall, baby. Love that That's guy. It. Good, yeah. good football coach. Good yep. football coach. All right, good stuff. College basketball, guys, starts in 12 days. Uh, we are absolutely, cannot wait. Preseason power rankings are in full effect. Packages are up on the site. Get all my plays, all of WAG's plays. We absolutely crushed it last year. March Madness was incredible as well. So college basketball starts 12 days from today. Again, that's Thursday, so it'll be about a week or so starting next week. Can't wait for that. Hockey's going WAG. Obviously, football packages are up as well. Baseball is yeah. winding down and just so many good things going on. Check out the website, therealministrationshell.com, and hit us up with any questions if you have any. Anything else, Wags, before we get out of here? No, that's it for me. I mean, hockey's starting to pick up, obviously. We're about, you know, each team is about six, seven games into the season. those Florida so Panthers. Super, super early Florida Panthers. Here they're good. Uh, yeah, 7-0-0. First uh, one of 14 teams in NHL history to start 7-0-0. Quite a few teams to start uh, undefeated this year. We have four, which was the first time ever in NHL history for four teams to start at least 5-0. And, um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the, the favorites um, are struggling, um, Colorado, Toronto, Tampa. So um, it's definitely going to make for an interesting season this year. We'll see um, how those top teams, at least predicted preseason, are going to uh, start turning it around, if they will, and uh, what other teams are going to make it. So, um, yeah, start, things are starting, you know, we're getting a big enough sample size to get um, significant plays to start ramping up. You know, we usually start – uh, half unit, ha- you know, one unit, uh, half units. Um, but now we'll start picking it up a little bit. So uh, get on board, NHL, college basketball, right around the corner. NBA, one a day, crushing it. One a day, so, baby. Uh, it's let, a way to let's do keep, it. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. Yeah, all the packages and stuff, all the prices have been updated to reflect the number of weeks and games remaining in each season. So everything you yeah, see on the website everybody, everybody be careful out there. Halloween, always right. a, uh, a fun time, but just be safe. Be safe, Wags. I can't wait to see your costume this year. It's always a, uh, it's always fun. So yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see. All right, everyone. I am ACL. He is Wags. Good luck on your plays. We will talk to you guys same time next week.